Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we're going to talk to you about a few things today. The first thing is Lisa has a class coming up on Thursday that she would love to talk to us about. I would. We are going to be talking about what's new with the Apple Watch. And we're going to be covering the physical Apple Watch as well as the watch operating system. So regardless of which watch you have, say that one five times fast, (laughs) Uh, we hope there will be something there for you. And if you think that you might want to get an Apple Watch, maybe you're not sure, then attending the class just to get an idea of what's new might be helpful to you. There are an awful lot of changes. And one thing I can promise you is that this teleseminar will not cover them all. We're going to touch on the high points or what I think will be the high points for most people. And there are, of course, resources where you can read exhaustive lists of every single change. But this will just give you an idea whether or not you already have an Apple Watch or whether you're thinking about one. And of course, another resource that I'm happy to tell you about is our tutorial regarding the Apple Watch. While there have been changes in the latest update, they are not so sweeping to the point that this tutorial would be null. They're more enhancements, so you might find one or two things in the watch that are not in the tutorial, but the tutorial gives you enough background work that you will easily be able to understand, oh, this is a new face, this is a new complication. And of course, we talk in the tutorial about what faces are and what complications are. I have been putting myself through the torturous process recently of listening through the tutorial. That is not an advertisement against the tutorial. That means I hate listening to my own voice. (laughs) But I'm doing it just to make sure that we've got everything. It kind of took me back to when I was first learning the watch and I was so confused and thinking, what are complications? And just the idea of there being complications really stressed me out, you know, and then I went and looked them up and found out that they were actually very good things. And so if a lot of the terms, a lot of the lingo mystifies you, then please, by all means, check out the free class and check out the tutorial. And you can do both from our website To attend the class, you will need to subscribe to our teleseminars list, and you can do that from the website. And then we send out announcements for the meetings. When they take place, we'll send you uh, an announcement from Zoom. And that's very cool because you can either just click on the link and attend from your computer. You can attend from your iPhone or your Android device, or you can call in from your old-fashioned telephone. They give phone numbers. So lots of options. We have been using Zoom for a little while now for both free and paid classes, 
And in fact, we've been using it for a little while to record these podcasts and are very happy with the results we're getting. We hope that you'll join us. The class is this coming Thursday evening at 9 Eastern. And for more details, please subscribe to the MA Teleseminars list. Well, I just wanted to bring back to the tutorial that you were just talking about. And I did the DAISY creation for the tutorial originally. So I listened to it. And at the time, I did want an Apple Watch. But there was something that was keeping me from getting an Apple Watch. And that was that you needed it always connected to your phone. So when the Series 3 came out, I thought it was kind of cool. So I'm actually sitting down as the student learning from the tutorial on the Apple Watch. So when it comes, hopefully I'll have the watch by the time the class happens on Thursday, September 28th, 2017. That is this coming Thursday as the podcast should drop on Tuesday. I think that's a really cool thing that we can kind of learn from one another. I know that I did the same thing. I had the student role when I was learning the Google suite of products from the tutorial that Chris did. And when I got my Echo, Kim showed me how to use it by virtue of the tutorials. We really do have lots of easy and I think fun and exciting ways to learn the technology that's out there. Some people say, oh, you know, I don't really need that because I like to figure things out and I like to read manuals. And I don't know, I fall into both of those categories. Sometimes if you're really busy, it just helps to have your learning sort of fast tracked and to learn what you need and get up to speed. And the other thing is there are things that even though I'm reading the manual or I'm exploring, that I don't really catch. And so sometimes the tutorials provide sort of that enhancement, that icing on the cake. I would agree with that. And also the fact that sometimes a tutorial might have something in it that a manual does not and vice versa. I'm like you in that I fall into both those camps. And I think sometimes using the two together in tandem or using one and then using another, there's different ways to learn. There are different learning styles obviously and maybe each of those can fulfill a role in how I'm trying to learn something so it's pretty interesting the way we learn stuff and it's always fun to learn from one another particularly with our MA projects <laughs> and it's just interesting I, I'm always fascinated by how all that works and how we learn and what helps us to learn the most in a given situation. Speaking of changes that have occurred we just wanted to tell you one of our favorite features of the new iOS 11 that came out. One thing that I really like, and I'm not going to steal Kim's thunder because I think I know. Where <laughs> you think you know where I'm going? I think I know where you're going. So I'm going to say, I'm going to cop out because that's my favorite thing too. <laughs> but I like the new Siri voice, the new Siri American female voice. It's very clear. It's very nice. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite features of the the new ios 11 that just came does out. she have a name i think they all have names now don't they they do but i don't remember her name oh, okay yeah i haven't even looked i like the old one i thought that the male siri the old voice sounded a little prissy but the woman siri voice at least to me i don't know like if you were looking for information or you're kind of like oh i felt like she sounded strangely reassuring like i can help you with that i don't know <laughs> i'll have to give that a test drive yeah, I'm I very just, I, yeah, I just think that she sounds fluid. Uh, she hmm, sounds nice. Very, yeah, yeah. 
I'm very fond of the British female Siri voice, so much so that on my iPod Touch, she's my actual navigating voice. I like her that much. <laughs> to me, she has that same effect. She's very soothing and very like, hi, let me help you. Oh. And male Siri, I picture a person, and I don't know why. I picture him as having shoes so shiny that you can see your reflection in them. <laughs> I don't know why, just very... Um, Kind of like that. Since Chris is doing kind of mind reading 101, what is your favorite feature? My favorite is the new edit mode. And I know a lot of people are probably not going to like the new edit mode. But the reason I like it so much is because you can so quickly move multiple apps from one place to another or into multiple folders or however you want to do it and do it very fluidly and very quickly and very easily if you can actually get into edit mode in the first place, which took a little bit of learning for me. But now that I have it, I just think it's a tremendous productivity tool for me. Yeah, and you will have an easier time more consistently getting into edit mode if you turn 3D Touch off because <laughs> yes. I had it on on my phone and pressing a little too hard would take you kind of into that 3D touch mode and not into editing. That was a little frustrating. So if that's where you find yourself, you might just want to turn that off. Yeah, I liked the old way. I liked the arrange apps way, but I like this one just because you can do multiples at the same time without having to move or do very much to it. So I just like yeah. it. I think it's fast and productive. And it's really, I think where it would be really nice is if you had to completely reset your iPhone and you couldn't restore yes. from an encrypted backup, oh yes, and you have like pages and pages, you could drag multiple apps. You know, you could go through your ten pages and grab all the apps, let's say, that are going in your productivity folder, and just dump them in very quickly. Exactly, and I know there aren't tons of people, although we might be surprised, who are as anal as you and I are about our <laughs> folders and their organization, but yeah. for people like us, it is a very, very helpful thing. <laughs> it is, and people, you know, I have students and I've talked to other people and they're like, oh, I need to open this app and I can't find it. Yep. And so they'll use Siri Page when they're 12. out. Page yeah. 12, yeah. So they use Siri when they're out and then they're frustrated because Siri doesn't understand them. Yep. And they can't find the app or they don't remember the app name. And so while it could be a little obsessive, I love my folders because everything is on one page. And let's say I have a, uh, well, I used before, a productivity folder. I can go in there and then inside the productivity folder, each of my apps is in alphabetical order. Yep, me too. Did it take time? Yeah. People <laughs> look at me like I'm funny. Oh, yeah. But I can find what I need very quickly. So, for example, if I'm in the productivity folder and I land on Fantastical, which is my calendar app, then I know, okay, if I want to get to mail, I've got to flick right or explore down my screen. If I want to get to calculator, I can flick left and go up my screen. My favorite feature is something that they brought back, and that is preview in mail. Yes! <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could do it before. You could just touch the screen with three fingers, but to me, this is just easier and nicer that it reads it out. Every time I hear it, it just makes me smile. I'm yeah. really glad to have it back. I hear you. That's probably my second favorite thing too, because I've missed that so much. And I've been so tired of just, oh, let's touch the screen. Oh, it only read me like two words. Right. Okay. Yeah. Real helpful. <laughs> I do want to give a cautionary note though, to people who are updating or have updated to iOS 11 as it relates to messages. Normally, we don't go 
into a lot of depth in this podcast about features and about bugs, but this is kind of an important one, especially if you rely on text messages. When you are in the Messages app right now, if you flick up or down on a message to delete it, it will leave kind of a record that it was there, so it will say null. So what it suggested that you do is go into edit mode and delete those messages. That way you won't see those markers. The other thing that I have read and I've experienced is if those null kind of markers are left behind, then you will not receive any more incoming messages. So you can have messages coming. People may be trying to reach you, but they can't. So what you need to do, and I do this pretty much all the time now, regardless of whether or not I see null, just to make sure. When I exit the Messages app, I go into the app switcher and I close out the Messages app. That way it will start fresh and I will know that any messages that I receive have come in. That's a really good thing to note. And I know particularly those who are using their phones lots and doing lots of messaging, this is a pretty vital thing to know <laughs> when you want to cut down on the gazillion messages sitting in your inbox. Exactly. And for people who message a lot, this may, at least for the time being, be a showstopper that will make you think, oh, I don't think I want to update to iOS 11 just yet. So just be aware that that exists. Yeah, and of course, all that is personal preference. You know, if you don't want to update yet, if you want to wait till some of these bugs are squashed, totally understandable, and you exactly. can do that if you wish to and just wait and hold off. Because I know, particularly with Braille, there's a lot of stuff there, <clears throat> hopefully trying to um, resolve at this point in the game. So hopefully there will be another update coming out shortly that will mitigate some of these issues. Earlier, Lisa was talking about the Apple Watch tutorial, and we were talking about all the goodies one can learn from either re-listening to those or from learning from one another's goodies in terms of the tutorials that we create. Well, speaking of goodies and tutorials, we have a potential goodie for you that you may enjoy if you have considered and have not yet purchased our Victory or Stream tutorial. A couple things I want to say about this. We are starting to have a monthly special every month and if you want to be the first to know about it, you need to sign up for our newsletter. You can do that from any page of our website, and it'll say something like, sign up for exclusive news and discounts. And you just put in your email address, and off you go. If you have any problems, you can let us know. We'll be happy to help if you have not signed up and wish to and are having trouble doing it via the site. But if you want to be the first to know what our monthly special is going to be every month, and this could be on a tutorial, on a training, etc., then you need to sign up for our mailing list. Eventually, sometimes, <laughs> depending, we may or may not announce it elsewhere. This month we are because it's just such a good deal that I can't resist sharing it with more of you. We have our monthly special, and this is our debut month for having monthly specials, on our Victor Reader Stream tutorial. Now, this tutorial will probably be updated in the next couple months, and I'm not going to give an exact date because I don't really know for sure when it's going to happen, but it will be relatively soon. And... Just a few little things need to be updated from where it is now, but you can certainly use it, enjoy it, and get a lot out of it as it currently stands. This is over eight hours, probably closer to eight and a half by this point in terms of the tutorial length. And you can learn everything from online and offline bookshelves to how to use your stream with Bluetooth. And the stream doesn't natively have Bluetooth, so... I show you how to do that. There's all sorts of information. There's also an entire section on using your stream with the Humanware Companion. So there's a lot to learn. And this tutorial is normally $59. 
It is for this month only until the end of September, $49. So you save $10 off of the price. This is a heck of a good deal. So I definitely encourage you, if this is something that you've been thinking about for yourself or someone you love, to make that purchase. And if you want an SD card to be shipped to you in the mail, you can do that as well. That's an additional $15. That's just something to note if you do want a physical copy. But the digital download for this month only, for the month of September 2017, is $49. And all you need to do to get that is to go to our Victor Reader Stream product on the Mystic Access website. All these links that we talk about, please remember, are in the show notes. <laughs> so if you go to the site, go to podcasts, you can view all of our show notes there. And you can see all of these links to all of these great things that we are talking about. So that is our special for September. Now we have demos for you of two different products, one hardware, one software. We do demos for a couple reasons for what it's worth. One is that we really love bringing you products and information that we've found fun or helpful or useful. And so we want to bring it to you as well. Another reason for the demos is to give you an idea of our styles. That way, if you're thinking about getting a tutorial, you'll have an idea of the kinds of information, teaching style and presentation to expect. This time, Kim and I each have a demo. I'm going to be demoing a program called Send to Braille. This is very helpful if you have a text document and you want to be able to read it in Braille those with refreshable Braille displays or those who are getting refreshable Braille displays may find this quite helpful. So here now is Send to Braille. On this little demo, I'd like to show you a very easy to use and nifty little utility that is put out by the American Printing House for the Blind. It is called Send to Braille. It will translate text files into Braille this is of particular interest to those who may decide they want to purchase an Orbit reader or to use any other Braille note taker for that matter because it's very simple to convert a file into Braille. Let's get started and I'll show you how it works. I'm going to go to the American Printing House for the Blind's website to get the program. W and I've typed in www.aph.org and now I'm on the main page. Clickable. I've gone to the top of the page and I'm going to use my screen find command to search for the word send. Find dialog. Type the text you wish to find edit. And I'll press Selection enter. removed. Eight. Out of list visited and link graphics send to Braille. here is a link to send to Braille. It is currently on the main page of the American Printing House for the Blind's website. If you check back sometime later and you do not find that this is the case, you can search for it by just typing send to Braille in the search box. Send to Braille busy. Graphic APH logo. Graphic APH logo. Heading level one send to heading level one Braille. Send to I'm now on the page with the instructions for downloading and using the program. You might want to come straight to this page if you want to make modifications to how the program works. For example, if you don't want files translated into UEB, you will need to modify a .bat or BAT file. This is a little beyond the scope of this basic demonstration, 
So I'll leave you to work through that on your own if that is something that is of interest to you. The download link I want is fairly near the top of the page, so I'm going to just tab. Libluis link. LTSetup.exe file link. And this is the file that I want. If you have a context menu key, you can press this. I do not, so I'll press Shift F10. Menu. Open link in new tab. Open link in open link in bookmark this. Save link as K205. Link as, and I will press Enter. Enter name of file to save to. Dialog file name. File name. Save as type. Save as type. File name. Save as type. And I've tabbed over to the save Hide folder. Save button. button all plus and S. I will press Enter. This is a relatively small download and does not take a lot of time. And so I will go and look for it now in my downloads folder. LTSetup.exe 10 of 15. The file I'm looking for is called LTSetup.exe. Now I will press enter on the LTSetup.exe. Text. Download setup. Secure desktop. User account control dialog. Setup. Setup sent to Braille dialog. Select destination location where should send to Braille be installed. Setup will install sent to Braille into the following folder. At least 89.3 megabytes of free disk space is required. To continue, click next. If you would like to select a different folder, click browse. Edit. Select browse. And I'm going to just next greater button install plus N. in the default location and press next. Install. Setup sent to Braille. Setup sent to Braille dialog ready to install setup is now ready to begin installing sent to Braille on your computer. Click install to continue with the installation, or click back if you want to review or change any settings. Destination location, C, users leave, cancel button. Click install to continue with the, less back button, install button alt plus I. I was not getting speech, so I read the dialog box. With many screen readers, that is the insert or the caps lock key plus the letter B is in box. And I've listened to the information and now tab to install. Next grader. Cancel button. Finish button alt plus F. Downloads window. I pressed items enter view list. on the finish button and I'm now back to my downloads directory, which I will close. I'm now going to navigate to the notes that I have for the teleclass on the Orbit Reader 20. Orbit and I'm comparisons on the 10 of 16. file that I want to translate. Context menu. Open O. Print P. Edit E. Skin with what Windows Defender. Done Open with submenu H. Trust Shift F10 or the context menu key, and I'm arrowing down through my choices. Copy as path A. And that's Synchronize what I or want. Send to submenu N. To submenu. I will right arrow. Back from Braille B. Bluetooth device B. Braille B. And I'm now on Braille, and I will press Enter. Mystic access window. Items view list. Orbit Invario comparisons.txt 10 of 16. Video 2. Wave. Voipo.txt 16. And Orbit Invario. Voipo.txt 16. of the folder in which that text file resides, I will now find a new file. Orbit Invario comparisons.txt.brl 17 of 17. The BRL extension at the end lets me know that it is indeed a Braille file. I'm not sure why the text designation is kept, but it is. 
and I can assure you that the file is properly translated into Braille and can now be embossed or used on any refreshable Braille display. This is a very basic program that does one thing, but does it quite well. I hope you enjoy using this program and that you have found this demonstration helpful. That's such a fascinating little program, and I'm really happy that it's available and really something that I'm looking forward to checking out for many reasons, and I'm really looking forward to playing with it. I think it's a really cool concept. It is, and it's so easy. It's right in the context menu. Yeah. It's just right there. So on a totally, totally different note, my demo is a hardware demo, and it's something that I really didn't know a lot about until recently. I had heard of these before, but I had never actually purchased one, and I'm so delighted that I did. Recently, I became the very happy owner of a Golden Lotus incense heater. Now, what the heck is an incense heater? Well, it does pretty much what you would think it would. It has a thermostatic control on it, which allows you to change the heat setting on the incense that you place in the heater and allows it to release the fragrance of that incense without much smoke. Now, for a lot of reasons, particularly as someone who has professional training as a singer, but for many other reasons as well, just for keeping my lungs at their <laughs> uh, best health, possibly, I really do not care for all the smoke that gets into the air when using incense, traditionally using charcoal. And I really like incense. It's something that I just enjoy. I really like different scents and fragrances, and so I'm always either using my oil burner or burning my wax tarts <laughs> or something of that nature. And the other thing is, frankly, I just don't like trying to light those little bitty pieces of incense, whether it be a cone or a stick or something else, using charcoal. To me, there's just too much risk of something going wrong sometimes when doing that. And it's just not something that I really like to do regularly. So this really solved two problems for me. For the most part, my primary reason is the lack of smoke or the decrease in the smoke that is released from the incense heater versus a traditional incense burner. So what I'm going to do now is to talk about this, show to you, show you how it works, and just give you more information. And of course, a link to the product and the place where I purchased it will be in the show notes. So here we go. I'm so excited to share with you this demo of the Golden Lotus Incense Heater. The difference between an incense heater and an incense burner is pretty simple. With an incense burner, you're generally using some kind of charcoal. You're lighting your incense up and you will generally get quite a bit of smoke as well as the fragrance of the incense once you do that. With an incense heater, however, it will heat the incense to the optimum temperature and then you will have this delicious aromatic fragrance of whichever incense you prefer released. What I love about the incense heater is the lack of smoke. There's very, very, very little. The ease of use, the fact that I don't have to light anything, and the fact that the incense generally lasts so much longer with an incense heater as opposed to an incense burner. You can heat any kind of incense that you want in the incense heater. I haven't found anything thus far that doesn't work, but please keep in mind that I am no incense connoisseur at this point. <laughs> but everything I have tried has worked and worked beautifully. So you can use loose incense, 
you can do cone incense, you can do stick incense, although what I've been having to do for that is just break off a piece of the incense stick, so you're doing it a little counterintuitively from what you would normally do with an incense stick, and place it in the little dish and turn it on, and you will be good to go. Now, note that when you are heating these up, they don't burn to ash, so that's just something else to keep in mind if you're burning something like a cone or a stick or a piece of a stick. <laughs> you can also use loose incense. You can also use wax if you wish to. Oil and all sorts of various blends. I purchased mine from Mermaid Arts in Las Vegas. I have rarely had such a superlative shopping experience. They really were fantastic. The company is run by husband-wife team, and they're just fabulous. I just had such a wonderful experience. The customer support was fantastic. I ordered it on a Friday, or a Thursday night, actually. And my order was shipped on the Friday, and I got it on a Monday here in the mountains of North Carolina. So it whisked across the country. Now, I did pay quite a lot to have it shipped. There was only one shipping option available, and that was a little over $17. However, I got it quickly. The overall experience just made it so worth it. They are the distributors for the Golden Lotus Incense Heater, and I'm really excited to tell you more about it and explain all about the dish and the heat and everything I was just talking about. <laughs> so when you get it, you're going to get it in this really nice, sturdy box. The box is actually magnetic, so you will take the lid off of the box and it's hinged so you'll just open it up but it is magnetic there are two little handles two little cloth handles on the box that you can pull out and use what i've often joked about is the fact that if i'm paying a lot for shipping i would like something to be shipped to me in a nice satin lined box well in the case of this guess what it is in my satin lined box i have an invoice i also have printed instructions or how to use it. However, there is an article online on their website, mermaidarts.com, and it's M-E-R-M-A-D-E arts.com that will give you all the instructions necessary. They also link on their site, and I found out about them through this, to a YouTube video, which is what I found initially, to show you about the use of the incense heater as well. So those are the two pieces of paper in my box. I have the instructions, I have my printed invoice, I also purchased some foil to go in this, and it's silver on one side and gold on the other. So I just wanted to try their nice little foil, and it comes in a Ziploc bag, and it's just very nicely packaged. And you get many, many pieces of foil in here, and I think I paid about five bucks for this. So you can use the foil in the dish that comes with the heater. More about that in a second. That's an extra that I purchased. I also bought a jar of incense, and this is obviously loose incense, and it came in a nice plastic jar, and I can open it up and just take a nice scent of that. Yum. And you can get hand-blended incense exclusively from Mermaid on their site, although they do offer from a few other vendors as well, but most of their incense is done in-house, and it's really fantastic. So I bought that separately. That was about 20 bucks. And then you get some samples. I got three different incense samples in my package. And again, they all came in nicely labeled plastic bags. I also got two foil cups that you can use along with this. So again, they're just samples and they're just little cups made out of foil. So I got two of those to try out. Also, I got a spoon 
to put in loose granular incense and a pair of tweezers. So these are just two nice little stainless steel tools that come with the heater. And then you have the box. Again, it's a satin line box that is fitted to the incense heater itself. When I received mine, three of the pieces of the incense heater were in the box and the fourth one was wrapped up very, very nicely in bubble wrap on top. The packaging was just incredible for this. It was really, really fantastic. So the heater itself comes in four pieces. There is a lid, a dish, the heater itself, which has a plug that will plug into a standard ball outlet. It's just a two-prong plug. And the base. The base is round, about four or five inches around. It's circular. You'll want it so that the heater rests inside of this little flat depression on the base. You want it turned so that the base is essentially standing up. It has a more flat inner surface on the back, but you don't want that actually on the top or resting upward. <laughs> this is kind of hard to explain without showing it to you, but basically you'll want the heater itself to rest inside of the base, but you'll want it so that it looks like this base is lifted up a little bit. You'll understand it more if you have it in your hand in terms of how it goes. So the more hollowed out part goes on the bottom. I'm just kind of reassembling mine as I show you this, so I'm just putting my base down here. And this is all glass. Please treat it gently. Then you have the heater itself, and that will go on top of the base and kind of snuggle into the base. There we go. I'm just moving this backwards a little bit on the surface where I have it. It has a nice little rubber ring towards the back of the heater, the bowl portion of this itself. And from there, there is a cord. If you slide your hand down the cord, you will find the thermostatic control, which is a knob that you will turn on and off. And if you keep moving down, you'll find the two-prong plug, which will plug into a standard wall outlet. Inside of the bowl, there is what appears to be a stainless steel dish. This is important. You will generally burn incense in the dish. I'm just putting the dish into the bowl, into the heater. And then you will put a piece of foil, and you can use your own or you can get foil directly from them, into the dish. Do not burn incense directly in the dish because the dish will get really dirty. <laughs> and obviously you're probably going to be burning multiple types of incense or oil or whatever you like in the dish. So having foil in there keeps your incense from intermingling. And it also just keeps your dish nice and clean. Now the other alternative is if you take the dish out of the heater bowl, there's just the heating element. You can put one of the foil cups, and they'll send you samples with your incense heater, directly on to the heating element and put your incense in there. So you have your choice. If you use foil cups from Mermaid, you can put the incense in there, and you can use those for more than one use. They recommend that if you are using just the little square pieces of foil, and that's how they come when you buy them from Mermaid, the ones I got. They're just little bitty squares, and you can just fold them around and nest them into the dish. They recommend you only use those once, but if you're using the foil cups, you can use those multiple times before you discard them. And again, you'd use those directly on the heating element. I tend to use the little squares of foil, and it's just something I've gotten used to. So I have a little piece of foil, and I've nestled it into the cup. I'm going to put the cup back into the bowl on top of the heating element. And then your fourth piece, so you have base, heater, bowl itself, <laughs> dish, and the lid. Now, the bowl itself 
is round. And if you were to pick it up and examine it, ooh, and I nearly dropped my lid, so you got to be careful, you will find that it has little vents in the bottom. There are one, two, three, three of them around the bottom of the ball, the heater ball. And then there's a little rubber piece in the center. So I'm going to sit that back on the base. This is also just extraordinarily attractive, apparently. It's black and gold, and it has lotus flowers on it. And then there's the lid, which again is also vented. It has several vented places in it. All of this is glass. And what I'm going to do now is get some incense. And if you were using granular incense, you would get the spoon out or the tweezers. If you were using a piece of something, depending on what type of incense you wanted to use. I'm just getting a cone for the moment. And I put it on the foil. And I'm putting my incense away. So the foil is in the dish. And the lid is used to retain heat. Apparently it's also traditional not to clean your lid. Because especially if you're using the good stuff. It will gather on the lid over a lot of use. And your lid will smell fantastic. I'm going to put the lid on the bowl. And now I'm going to reach down to the thermostatic control. And you may have heard that click. I turned it on. And they recommend, for most incense, turn it all the way up. When you turn it all the way up, as high as it can go, the knob will stop turning. So you can adjust this very easily without sight. And I'm just moving my heater back a little bit here. There we go. This will get very hot. It takes a few minutes to get very hot, but it will get very hot after a period of time. One way you can use the lid is to turn the tweezer portion of your tweezers <laughs> down and take the lid off. So that's one thing that you can do if you need to remove the lid because the lid does, as I said, get very, very hot. So if you need to adjust your incense, you can use the tweezers to do that. And you can also use the tweezers to take the lid off. A cone for me, generally, that would only have about 30 minutes worth of scent, I can use for probably three times that in this. It really depends on the incense. I found that if I'm using stick incense, I would only break off a small piece of that stick. And again, I'll get about twice the amount of use I would get from the stick itself. So if you say, okay, this stick's supposed to burn for an hour and give you an hour's worth of scent, and generally with a stick, you will light it and then you'll blow it out after a couple seconds. But you'll get, say, an hour's worth of scent. I can get two to three times that using the heater. So it's very economical in that you're also having your incense last longer. So that's very nice as well. I'm going to put my incense accoutrement back in my box because I do want to show you one more cool thing about this box. I mentioned that it was magnetic and I do want to show you what it's like to close the box. So I'm just getting all my goodies safely stored back in here. And now I'm going to close the box and you can hear that nice sound of the magnets closing. It's just a very sturdy box. So if you do need to move this at any point, you can do so. So I'm putting my hand over here and it's not getting hot yet. It does take a few minutes. And depending on what you put in here, you may not want to turn the thermostat up all the way. So you just kind of have to judge that. But it's very economical. And it just works so well. I'm so tickled with it. And in a few minutes here, I'm going to start getting some really delicious scent and very, very little smoke. The entire room will just smell fantastic. And oftentimes I can smell this even out into my hallway or in other rooms of my house. It just depends. It's really incredible. I'm so happy with it. If you like scent 
if you like adding that ambience to your environment. If you practice a religious faith or have spiritual traditions that call for adding scent to ceremony, as I do, then this is something that may be particularly nice for you. Because even if you are spending less on your incense, and not everything you get is $20, $60 for your incense, you nevertheless want to create an ambience with what you're using. And you would like it to last as long as possible, I assume. This is one way to make that happen. There's often the adage that we hear that you get what you pay for. And in this case, this is true. At Mermaid, as of this podcast in September of 2017, is $59.75. And it has a year warranty on it, I do believe. You can check their website to be sure of that. As I said, if you purchase it from Mermaid, you do get samples. And they make just lovely products that I have been enjoying thoroughly. Shipping from Las Vegas, Nevada was $17 and change for me to get this home. Packaging was absolutely fantastic, and shipping was incredibly fast. As I mentioned earlier, I ordered on a Thursday night after they closed, and I got it on Monday. One thing to note is when you are using this, you need to make sure it is on the base. Don't just put the bowl portion on a table somewhere. (laughs) Make sure it's on a firm, steady, flat surface and that it is sitting on its base ring. And the base is kind of like a ring portion. And you want the base to kind of look like, again, that it's standing up, upright. It's sitting flat, but it's more raised than it would be if you had it lying in the other direction. It will make lots more sense if you see this in person. And I'm starting to get scent now. You have to turn it on and let it heat up. Or you can do the opposite. You can actually let it heat up and then put your incense in. I tend to just put my incense in and then let it heat. (laughs) That works just fine. But I've been so pleased with it. I have been thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. I've had it for a few weeks now and am just loving it. I use it every day. And... I love the lack of smoke and just the beautiful, beautiful scent that this thing carries. The quality of the heater itself is really fantastic. As I said, aesthetically, it's apparently really beautiful. It's black and gold. And I just think it's a really wonderful investment if you're interested in something like this. And also the fact that you can use it to heat wax or oil. It's just a wonderful thing. So you can use it in lots of different ways. So we will be linking in the show notes to Mermaid Arts, but again, their website is M-E-R-M-A-D-E-A-R-T-S dot com. And you can find it there. This is the Golden Lotus Incense Heater. They have lots of wonderful incense that you can purchase from them as well. And their selection is always changing, so when you find something you want, I recommend you get it. Their customer service is fantastic, and they have been making incense since 1982. So they've been doing this a long time. So thanks so much for listening. If this is something that interests you, I definitely recommend you check it out and purchase from Mermaid, because they do fabulous things. (laughs) And can I just say that this room is starting to smell like dragon's blood? Hmm. And if you've never smelled dragon's blood... You should. (laughs) It might sound revolting. Trust me, it's not. (laughs) If you like kind of a darker, exotic scent, you would appreciate Dragon's Blood tremendously. So thanks so much. I appreciate you listening. I hope you have enjoyed. Bye. That sounds really cool. I have no sense of smell, as I've stated before, I think. So the whole incense thing is sort of lost on me. I remember back in the 80s, though, when the potpourri burners had just come out and they were all the rage. I would burn potpourri just to make my environment smell nice. But those incense sticks always made me so nervous. They, to me, just looked like an accident waiting to happen.
Um, yeah. I find I'm really, and I don't know, I, I'm guessing other blind people are this way. I'm really good, for example, I can set a cup with liquid on my desk and I'm fine. I know where that cup is. But my problem is cause and effect or the mousetrap game. Like, mm-hmm. I don't always realize that moving this cord will jiggle that, which will bump that, which will jostle that, which will send my cup into orbit, you know? So it's a weird kind of spatial cause and effect sort of thing that has just kind of kept me from using something that seemed precarious, but this seems like a really nice option. It really is. It's very sturdy. And certainly I would caution you to put it in a place where you're not going to trip over the cord and pull it off. For one thing, you're going to break it and it is not a cheap toy. (laughs) So I definitely don't recommend that. But the other thing is if you had incense in there at the time, this thing is very, very hot. So you have to be careful in terms of that. But generally speaking, it's just such a nice thing. And I do not regret, even though it was something more expensive that I might normally treat myself to, particularly since I knew I wanted to share it on the podcast. And just for my own enjoyment, it's a very handy tool. I'm using it like every day now. So I'm very happy that I made the investment. Wonderful. And with that, I think we're going to end this podcast, the podcast of no good segues from here to there or anywhere. (laughs) Uh, It's just been like that. But uh, we hope that we have provided information that will be helpful and useful to you. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.